This is Daisen Shui X, the podcast, episode 110 for the week of January 6th, 2008. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Daisen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dragon Ball fan site. I mean, Daisen Shui X. <laughs> we are that Dragon Ball fan site named. Dragon Ball fan site. No, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bits of the entertaining. We are indeed entertaining ourselves right now because my nice headphones broke and to keep the earpieces on my ears, Mary has tied a scarf around my head uh, holding them in place. A black scarf, so he looks like a podcasting ninja. I am a podcasting ninja, this is very true. I am Mike, your podcasting ninja for this evening, also known as Vegito EX, and over here to my less than proverbial rights, you are the Mary. Hello. You are the pirate podcaster enabler, I suppose. I suppose I am. Nice. And joining us again this week, Julian off in Japan. What's up, dude? Hey, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. You haven't been with us, but you are here this evening for you. It's bright and early Saturday morning for us. Yes. How has your weekend and your last week been? And you had a trip last week, and what's going on? Yeah, so actually I'm still in Tokyo. Ah, all right, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, last weekend I traveled up to the capital in order to see people and have some fun. So I've been visiting friends and uh, traveling around the area, which has been a lot of entertainment, I suppose you could say. And I've taken lots of pictures, too. I hope to be showing a few of them eventually. But, yeah, so I'm in the residential area of Shibuya right now. We saw a picture you put up on last week's thread for last week's episode of a Vegeta cosplayer. What's up there? Um, yeah, so last weekend I did pretty much the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Okay. And that was uh, December 30th, I went to the comic market. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. So for, what, for those of you who don't know what this is, this is a uh, semi-annual, I guess you could call it a convention, that's held at the Tokyo International Exhibition Center, otherwise known as Big Sight. And it's got a heavy focus on fan creativity. So they, there's a lot of what you might call glorified fan fiction off with an adult bent, but I didn't buy any of that stuff. My focus there was just to sort of go and see what it was like, see the crowds, and of course take pictures of people in costume. Nice. And they have a lot of those there too. There's some very strict rules about that. You're only allowed to take pictures in a certain area, and people have to both go and leave in street clothes. It's kind of um, weird, but apparently it's... But at any rate, uh, the weather wasn't that great, but it was an interesting experience. Cool. I missed the morning rush, but I think it's just as well. So you have a whole lot more pictures to share at some point. I've already seen um, it. Yeah, well, less, you know, less, less nerd-related, but I do. Sweet. I am looking for. I haven't had a chance to go through everything, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. All right, so uh, that's you over in Japan. Mary, anything exciting going on here? I went back to work starting this week. I had a week and a half off for winter yeah. break from work. It was a little hard to get used to, uh, again, especially since my break consisted of, like, preliminary wedding planning. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm still, like, knee-deep in that stuff. What did you do, Mike? What did you do? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I apologize. So far, so good. That's about it. 
All right. Well, that's what's going on over here. We had New Year's. Uh, Julian, how was your New Year's? What'd you do? So, yeah, I went up to Narita, which is, well, it's well known if you know of the Narita International Airport. But nearby is actually a fairly um, old-fashioned town with a well-known temple called Narita-san. And every New Year's Eve, people there sort of line up in a big group in front of the temple. And when the clock strikes midnight... The bell of the temple rings 108 times, and people sort of rush up the steps and into the temple. So I went to that. Oh, that sounds cool. Why 108? Uh, it has some special significance in Buddhism, and I forget exactly what it is. I think it has something to do with one's earthly desires or sins or something or other. Ah, uh, gotcha. We played rock bands. <laughs> yeah, of course we did. <laughs> and we had um, Nabe or something. Ooh, fun. I like that. Yeah, it was a good time. You know, Mr. Deluxe shows up with a whole pile of food, and we eat for an hour and a half. The fun part was yeah, um, yep. we were uh, cooking all by ourselves, us two and his German friend who's visiting from Germany. And Andrew realized he forgot the gas for, you know, the actual cooking process. So he had to go drive all the way back home, which is a bit of a drive. Uh, so, like well, 20 minutes for him. 25, probably. Well, whatever. He drives fast. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He drives really slow. He drives like a granny. So it probably took him 45 <laughs> minutes. I don't know. He's got that new car now. Maybe he drives faster. Uh, that's true. There's one more story, though. And that's for four people, we only had two sets of chopsticks. Oh, God. I forgot about this already. <laughs> so, my brilliant plan. Yes, I take full credit for this. There's a Chinese food place down the street by 7-Eleven. I said, let's go down there and ask for chopsticks. What are they going to do? I think your original intention was to steal chopsticks if they just had them out the same way. Places well, you, have, like, uh, straws out and napkins true. And out. they did have straws. However, they did not have chopsticks. So, I went up and I said, can we please have some chopsticks? And she said, how many? Three? Because there were three of us. And I said, yes. And she handed them to us and we left. And that was the story. You know, the worst they could have done was said, no, you didn't order food. But, you know, I think I caught her off guard enough that she's just like, um, here. <laughs> and then we just left. And then we had our Nabe New Year's dinner. And it took us an hour and a half to finish eating all the food. Yep, good times. It was a lot of food, but it was really good. I've never had that before. I yeah. like the communal feeling of eating. Yeah, I love mixing my saliva with Andrew. Ew! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, in the Japanese version, of course, at the end of it, everybody has to fork up their share of the money. Oh, yeah. We, no, we, well, we owe them money. We owe them 15 <laughs> yeah. bucks. So, note to yeah. self, get cash today. That was the one the thing that I actually paid for out of the three New Year's parties I went to. God uh, damn it, so that, listen to you party no, that, that, that was like $35 <laughs> for my share. Oh, man. Well, you know what? We provide Rock Band for everyone, and that was 170 bucks. So, yeah, it, exactly. My point has been made. We are done with this conversation. Let's talk about this episode. We are on episode 0110. How awesome is that? 0110100101. I don't think you get the order right, but I appreciate that. Yeah. What's that in binary? Um, hold on. That's two, four, so six. We're only wow. on episode six. Right? No, one, two, four, right? Yes. Yeah, so I six. never knew binary. How I was do you know? good at it. Shit, dude. I'm jealous. All right. Anyways, let's talk about this show. Episode 110. We meant to do this last week, but Julian could not join us. So we're doing it this week. This is going to be our 2007 retrospective. We're going to go over the majority of the big news from the entire last year. We will check in with our predictions that we made in 2006 
for 2007, see how we did. We're going to do our top picks of the year, and we will make our 2008 predictions. How awesome is this? I am very excited. It's kind of a traditional cliche New Year's show, but there are so many shenanigans. I think that's going to be my word for 2007. It already is your word. I know, it's my word in general, but it's my word for 2007 with respect to Dragon Ball. Anyways, we'll talk about all that. Daisen Shui X is 10 years old this month. This is important. You know why this is important? Because you've been around a long time? Yeah, I'm old. But no, because we're going to give stuff away. It's Ah. our celebration, so it's also your celebration. We're going to have a contest later this episode that will run for the next month, and we'll give something away. Julian, (laughs) you joined the site. I guess you would say we started doing stuff in 2002, and we relaunched in 2003. However, you I don't remember how much you visited before then. So, yeah, I guess it was around 2000, 2001 that I stumbled upon your site. Okay, that was kind of like the heyday. Yeah, I think I found it before I found Planet Namek. That would make sense. And, uh, you know, you were kind of my uh, source for news about stuff for a little while. And, nice. Yeah, it was uh, interesting times, you know, when I was... <laughs> it in, definitely in the, was, yes. My question was, for it, you, though, however... Yes? Is did you check out any of those old designs that I put up? Oh yes, some of them were nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory was looking at the one with the the grayish orange sidebar, and like that's kind of our memory that's of what, what the I site remember. was. Yeah, because I would go there almost probably on a daily basis, always looking for what kind of crap is that Vegeta X writing this time? I can't wait to get angry. I want to read something that really pisses me off. Sure, I'll marry you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good but, yeah, times. Good times. I was in high school back then. I must have been in one of my study halls. Instead of studying, I'd go down to the computer room. and. Yep. I was 15 years old when I started the site, and here we are 10 years later. So basically, all I wanted to do was say, check out some of those old designs from 98 and 99, and uh, to celebrate, we'll be giving stuff away later on. We'll, we'll start the contest later on. So I think that's the end of our general stuff. We talked hey. about New Year's. What? Outline is a year behind. Yeah, I'm aware that it says 2007 <laughs> at the top. You know what? It's funny at work. I get um part of my job is that I get I guess you could say ticket requests uh-huh. like on a ticket basis of uh, website updates to make, and you have to enter in the date yourself. Uh, people messing stuff up. Pretty much 60, 75 percent of the people have still been writing 2007. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love catching it. It's like oh, this I'll person- be doing it for a month or two. I'm yeah. sure everyone else will. All right, so that's all the stuff. Before we get into the retrospective, we got a little bit of news, so let's do that news. So we all know that Atari's been having some problems. This is nothing new, but it ties into this next news story. I found this, uh, I guess you would say, article or news piece. I don't really know what to call it. Over on this website, VarietyAsiaOnline.com. Never really heard of it. It just happened to pop up in my feeds. I'm like, oh, let me read this. The title was, Atari Share Warning Could Hurt Dragon Ball Movie. I'm like, oh. That's kind of weird. What do they mean there? So I'm reading through this article and becoming filled with rage at the amount of inaccuracies and just misleading information in here. Well, that said, do we really want to be plugging this on our show? Well... I'm afraid that it's going to get around to other places. Ah, so it's clearing it up. up. Yeah, let's clear shit up while we can. So the main bit of the story here is just that Atari has been warned yet again by NASDAQ to 
get things in shape or they're going to delist them. I think this is like a third warning they've gotten. So they have until March 20th to get back into line before they're delisted. So let me just read a couple of quotes from, uh, I guess you would say this news piece. Atari's financial troubles may impact the fate of the popular Dragon Ball Z series of games, which it has developed and sold under license to U.S.-based Funimation. Atari Dragon Ball Z license, that's right, there's no possessive there, expired last September and, after negotiations with Funimation, signed a deal in December for a reported $3.5 million that renews the license until January 2010. For those of you that have been following along with, I guess, Atari news and everything we report on here, what is wrong with all of this? Aside from the grammar? Uh, yeah, aside from the grammar. I love how it ends. <laughs> Neither Atari, not Facts, have made a comment about the fate of the game series. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, right there, you kind of read it and go, uh, okay. But I want to clear up some stuff in here. First thing I want to mention is uh, Atari's Dragon Ball Z license expired last September. No, this is absolutely, completely inaccurate. The license did not expire. Funimation claimed Atari was in breach of their license, their contract, and threatened to just pull the license. So what Atari did is they paid the difference on what um, they seemed to owe Funimation, which came to $3.5 million. The license always went until January 2010. So by paying them off, they retained that license through the original period. So that's, let's get that done right there. I want to talk about the impact of Atari on the live action movie. Julian, does this make any sense to you whatsoever? Not really. I mean, I've never played the video games and I, my curiosity about the live action movie is peaked. Um, I don't know if I'll see it, but that doesn't really have any bearing on whether or not I will. Oh, you'll see it. You'll see it. Absolutely. (laughs) But I mean, like here, if Atari were to fold, would that really impact an American live-action movie? Does the American audience, for movies in general, really know or care about Atari's license for the series and upcoming video games? Probably not. I, I really can't see the connection here. The only thing I can imagine was if Atari had to make some kind of tie-in game, a la Street Fighter the movie The Game, you know, with the digitized oh, actors. Right. But Atari has completely departed the game production business. Right now, they are solely a distributor. They do not make any games in-house anymore. So really, the only thing coming up would be Burst Limit, which may just happen to be around the same time as a live-action movie. But... Oh, this news story just irritated the shit out of me. So I want to, you know, write about it and talk about it and have that up there. So there's some more commentary about it up on the homepage of the site if you'd like to read it. And that appears to be the news for this week. So we're going to take it on over to the topic, which is our 2007 retrospective. So 2007 was a pretty big year. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of video game news, new products. Atari was huge. The live-action movie at the end of the year was probably the biggest thing going on. Uh, There was music. Believe it or not, there was delays. It was a year of sales. Lots of media references. A couple deaths, random news, and all sorts of other stuff. So we're going to kind of go through some of the big stories of the year, broken down by subject, rather than you know going in chronological order. Because you've probably listened to all of the news in chronological order if you follow the show. Where should we start? We can do products, or video games, or talk. Julian, Mary, do you have any preference on where to start with 2007 news? I would like to get the Atari stuff out of the way. All right, yeah. thanks for talking I, about it. So, per Mary's request, and I agree with this, it makes sense coming off of the news anyways. And plus, we'll get... we've been talking about it so damn much, it's not even 
<laughs> interesting anymore. Well, we can breeze through it. Let's talk about Atari. If you don't know, Atari is the North American, a couple other places in the world, distributor for Dragon Ball Z games through a sub-license from Funimation, who owns the license in North America. You know what's going on here. So let's just breeze through it. It started early on in 2007 for Atari with a reorganization and a workforce reduction by 20%. Yikes! Yes, things did not go well from there. They delayed their annual report and postponed their earnings call. Now, during all this, interestingly enough, they relaunched a DBZ website, kind of like a just a general video games DBZ tie-in little mini-site, with hints of Japanese influence in there. Uh, there was Son Goku and Majin Buu uh, Pure Evil, it would list. We always say, like, Junsui and Junsuiaku and that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting to see, you know, an American site have these references that Funimation would never in a million years use. However, the goodness stopped because things. So Atari had a press release noting, Infogrames removed some of its board members. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. At the same time, however, they noted that Budokai Tenkaichi 3 had gone gold. So despite everything going on, they were still putting out the game. Then the big one came. An 8K from Atari noted that Funimation claimed they were in breach of their license and were terminating it and pulling the license back. Wow. This could potentially put Atari out of business. Dragon Ball was their biggest thing. Ugh, things did not go well from there. Their quarter one financials reported a $12 million loss. Ugh, the money. Where is the money? And then Budokai Tenkaichi 3 actually came out. So it went gold, it came out, they're losing money, Funimation's threatening to pull the license. For a while, we're like, are they even going to release this game? Can they release the game? <laughs> then Atari announced another major restructuring, and this is more big news, a complete departure from the game production business. With respect to Dragon Ball, the last stuff they did was Sagas and Transformation on the GBA. Ooh. So maybe that's, that's why they departed the game production business. More workforce reductions. Their CEO, David Pierce, left. Atari's next quarterly report noted an $8 million Jeez, so now loss. we're looking at a total of a $20 million yeah, loss 20 million over the course dollars of the for year. The year. Yep, yep. And then in there noted minimum advertising commitment shortfalls with Funimation, although we never got any clarification on that. Yeah, you tried contacting yeah, them to no avail. Yeah, and I got no nothing avail. back, so I don't know. Maybe I'm, that was one of the guys that got removed from the <laughs> True. He's just making up shit. He's like, um, they didn't advertise, so blah. However, things got a little better at the end of the year when the dispute was resolved between Atari and Funimation. We just talked about this. They paid them off $3.5 million. They retained the license through January 2010. It'll be interesting in, uh, what? That's like two years now to see where it goes. However, the year ends with Atari even more restructuring and more workforce reductions. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it gets worse. More people... I want. I really, really want to know if Donnie Clay still works there. Who's that? He's that guy who did that blog and oh. shows up at like E3 and like <laughs> the figurehead, and he doesn't really seem to know about the series much. Oh, all right. We've talked about it. Final thoughts on Atari for 2007. Mary, anything? What do you got? <sighs> they need to be put out of their misery. Uh, just shoot them. Be done with it. Yeah. You know, that's what every other gaming site and blog and podcast is saying. Like, they're it, like, well, when are they just going to die? It's like they're just losing and losing and losing money. I mean, I don't want to say quit while they're ahead because they're not ahead, but yeah. before they lose any more money anyways. Definitely. Julian, what do you think about Atari? Yeah, I think they better call in their... I, I'm Call using a metaphor here. Call it a day, throw in the towel, cash in their chips. What else? I, I Call it lost. That's pretty I mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so we are done with Atari, and perhaps Atari themselves will be done soon. Let's talk about general video game news from over the last year. At the tail end of 2006, we heard that the new DS RPG was going to be coming out. Julian, this ended up being... Harukanaru Den what? Oh, the <laughs> Japanese title. Oh, Harukanaru Goku Densetsu. There you go. And Atari noted they'd be bringing it out over in the U.S. And interestingly enough, the official U.S. title for the game became Harukanaru Densetsu. Drop in the word Goku, which, as we've said, is probably the only word in there that the typical American dubby fan would actually know. Atari also formally announced that Shin Budokai Another Road would be coming out, and these two handheld games would be coming out in the spring. Taking it over to Japan real quickly, there was a great commercial for Sparking Neo on the Wii over there, making the obvious joke, but it needed to be made. We got a power. That's awesome. It really was. Like, ah, oh, someone finally did it. And it's official, and it's just magical. Uh, we got the American <laughs> box art for Harukanaru, which was pretty neat. It was different from the Japanese art, but the same kind of style, same kind of like magical, fun feeling to it. So that, that was nice. Uh, probably some of the biggest news, which has really dropped off, we got some initial info about Dragon Ball Online from Korea. Although at that point, we weren't sure. We were pretty sure it wasn't a hoax, but we didn't know if it was real, like in an official sense, or fan-made thing. Finally, we found out it was real. We had V jump scans. It's going to be an MMORPG with new characters, downloads, events, etc. Taking place 200 years after Dragon Ball Z ends. You know, we've had a little more info on it over the year, but it seems to have just kind of stopped. It's been nothing. Seems to be in limbo. Yeah, Isn't definitely. Isn't it still in, like, beta in Korea? Somewhere? I don't know that it came out in beta yet. I think 2008 it comes out in beta, 2009 oh, at right. least. Okay, yeah. I, I think, that's I don't, it. I should probably know that, but I think that's accurate. And then the last bit of news for uh, Dragon Ball Online is just that there was a job posting for a possible 360 version of it over there in Japan. So that'll be interesting to see if it comes out on the 360. And if it comes out on the 360, you know, that's the big system over here in the U.S. for the hardcore gamers. I'd love to see it come out over here. Uh, some more just fan stuff. DB Source, a Half-Life 2 mod, was in the works. Um, you know, now that I have Half-Life 2, I may be somewhat interested in that. I totally forgot about that. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to go check that out. A Sparking huh. Meteor was announced for the PS2 and the Wii, followed very quickly by an Atari press release saying, uh, yeah, we got that too. So that is the third Sparking game. Going back to Harukanaru, over in Europe, it was titled Goku Densets. So we have three titles for the same game in three different areas in the world. Fantastic. We got some more info on Sparking Meteor over the year. Um, pretty much get the same cover art in all areas, which is the first time in a really long time that this happened, if maybe ever. Good stuff. And we learned about some more characters like Spopo Bitch and Babidi. We learned about Z-Counter and Sonic Sway. We also learned that the Wii version was going to have online play, while the PS2 version got something called the Disk Fusion System. They updated the website weekly over there with new characters. We get a full-length promo trailer. Chi-Chi was in there. That Donnie Clay guy um, did a blog over IGN. There were some video diaries over there. Sparking Meteor is probably one of the biggest stories of the year, just because I guess stuff came out so often for it. The sales were really good in the first couple weeks over there in Japan, but then it just kind of fell off. We were oh, heading into a really big end of the year. At the very, very, very tail end of the year, just a couple weeks ago, we learned that Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit for the 360 and the PS3 would be coming out. It's actually playable at Jump Festa last, uh, was that, no, it was like two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I didn't go, but Greg Werner was in the area with his yeah, girlfriend. He and he was, he was very enthusiastic about it. Right, and he's not been up on the games recently. So it's, uh, it's if Greg is excited about a game, I'm yes. probably a little more excited about it, too. Uh, just 
just uh, recently we learned that there's going to be an all-new theme in the song. Julian, what we got here? It's going to be called Kiseki no Hono Yo Moeagare by Hironobu Kageyama. Hell And the yeah. song's title means um, basically um, burn miraculous flame. Very typical Japanese Dragon Ball song. I love it. So that's kind of uh, the video game news over the year. What do you guys think about all this stuff? Sparking Meteor, Dragon Ball Online, kind of the the big stuff. It hmm. seems to be really overkill. Like in terms of, you know, it's going to be 2008 and we got this many games coming out. But um, Sparking Meteor was fun. Yeah. You, you enjoyed it. You had fun with it. It was the big news. Uh, just going down our list here, we see Sparking Meteor, Sparking Meteor, Sparking Meteor. It was the big stuff. Julian, what do you think? You haven't really been uh, up on the video games, so how did this all fit into your fandom over the last year? Well, it's nice to see the new songs come out, which I do promise to translate soon. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in the music news. No worries. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's interesting to see. And I still think that Burst Limit has a really unfortunate um, two-letter acronym. Agreed. There's going to be so many Fujoshi buying the game, hoping to see some Goku on Vegeta action, and they're going to be so disappointed. I only just got that. I'm like, what's wrong with BL? I'm not a Yaoi fangirl. How the hell would you know that? Uh, You watch Genshiken? Yeah, they don't really use that acronym. Yes, they do. Well, they do? Yeah. Well, ha! How would you know that, then? I don't know. I just know it. I'm allowed to know what BL means. Well, cool, I want to see some hardcore Gohan Piccolo action then. You know what, we're oh, done with this. God. We're going to move on to video game scores just to conclude this all up. So Hadoukanoru over in Famitsu got scores of 6, 6, 7, and 8. Pretty uh, slightly above average there. Same thing for Shinbudokai 2, which was another road over here. 6, 5, 7, 7. Big one over there in Japan, interestingly enough. Sparking Meteor, 9, 8, 8, 8 on the Wii and straight 8s on the PS2. They seem to really enjoy that. And then uh, over here in the US, uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3, which is Sparking Meteor, IGN gave it an 8.0. So a pretty above Ooh. average year for scores for Japanese games. Thoughts? Yeah. Not much to say here. No, accurate. Accurate, in agreement. Cool. So that yeah. is video game stuff. Why don't we take a break from big news and talk about music? Because the big news is really live action stuff, so we'll come back to that shortly. Let's talk about music. Haruko Momoe, chiptune CD. Julian, you found this for us. Yeah, so Haruko Momoe, who is known basically for being an idol who is also what you would call an otaku, I guess you could say. Right. So she does a lot of anime theme songs and voices characters and such. But she also sings covers of other anime theme songs. And one of these was on the theme of uh, chiptunes. So basically songs redone in the style of NES game music. And so one of them happened to be the ending theme to Dragon Ball, Romantico Agerio. But we didn't end there, and we didn't end there for that song either. A little bit later in the year, we had Shoko Nakagawa covering the same song on an EP she put out. Yes. And this got a music video. Yes, she is also what's called an Akihabara idol for some reason uh-huh. so uh i don't know that she actually voices any characters but she's come become quite big as uh what's called a talent which is kind of like a d-list actor slash uh-huh. minor celebrity that goes on talk shows and game shows and stuff right right but so she's she's moderately popular-ish i guess and so so that got a cover too yep that was not the end of it no, we're not done there. We got Big Boob Girl, which is really the only thing we have to say about her. Gravier Idol Hitomi Kitamura covering the same song. Three covers of the song in the same year. This is actually the only one I don't own, and I've only heard the uh, the sound sample of it on like the website. It sounded really crappy, though. Maybe I'll pick it up at some point. 
So let's leave behind the romance. I'll give it to you. <laughs> See yeah. what I did there? Wow, let's talk about CD Japan. There's something called an on-demand CDRR band. That they well, it's not our band. It's our bond. Oh, is it like our bond? CDR I guess it's impossible for me to type B-A-N without D there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so they've, they've been doing the service for a while. We talked about it a few years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But now you have uh, the Legends um, soundtrack added to the mix. Yeah, the problem there is that there was no indication that it was any kind of reprint or reissue or anything. So a couple of people bought it, like, oh, shit, the Legends soundtrack, that's awesome. They got it in, it's like photocopied paper and cheap CD and stuff. So mm-hmm. we should stress that this is an official release, and it's got you know, completely accurate sound quality. It's just not the original pressing from the mid- 90s so that was kind of sad mm-hmm. let's talk about fun things though this is what we were hinting at earlier sparking meteor got an all-new vocal theme song first one since budokai 3 we had super survivor julian yes we're the lyrics so, man yeah i'm working on it <laughs> <No problem. laughs> what'd you think of the song i thought it was pretty nice i mean yeah. it's it's kind of standard recent fare in that it's got a little bit of electronica but also horns are very strong in it and the guitar like. is extremely strong in it which is oh yes nice. rocking so I, I like that kind of thing it feels very classic dbz mary what do you think about this song i think you're kind of up and down on it a little it took bit. me a while to get into but now that it's been several months i like it yeah Yep. Cool. Let's talk about the Kodochan packs coming out. There were a couple, I guess you would call these also EPs, just uh, kind of five, six song releases that came out compiling some of the best songs. Those came out, but that wasn't it for music. Julian, we had some re-releases that came out. So yeah, so we have the re-release of the Dragon Ball Z Ongakushu, which are basically collections of movie music. So uh, that's interesting to see there. Yeah, the Volumes 1 and 2 came out. I believe Volume 1 is movies 1 through 7, and then Volume 2 is exclusively movie 8 music. So those were actually re-releases. They had recently come out a couple years back. That wasn't it for re-releases. We got that Dragon Ball background music CD that came out. That was What label was that put out under? I forget. <laughs> is that the Animax 1000 or...? Probably something like that, yeah. Is that sound right? <laughs> I forget Anime the exact phrasing for X1000 it. Anime X1000 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's... So this is Marketing. the one that originally came out as a record many, many, many eons ago. It was re-released and then it was re-re-released. So this is the year of re-re-releases. We don't end there for music, though. We have two more things. Tanuki Kuribo sent us a funny link. The store over here, the, you know, the Target, as the cool kids say, they had a yeah. listing on their website for... Kolochan pack for DVC on their website for sale. I don't know if anything actually came of this. Mary, if you saw a Kolochan pack at Target, would you buy it? Well, it would be DBZ, so yeah. If we saw a random Japanese CD at Target, <laughs> we would buy totally it. buy it. Yeah. We would take pictures and just be like, oh, it's a Target! That would be awesome. Because Target wow. is the store of choice for Daisenshu EX. <laughs> Best thing. We didn't get paid to say that! <laughs> no. no. I just love Target. Julian, last thing here. We had a cover of a song, although it was not the same one we had three times. Yes. So this is a an exclusively all young female brass sort of jazz mixture swing, etc. group called Tokyo Brass Style. Yeah. And their first full al- album is called Brasta Tengoku. Brasta being a contraction of brass style uh-huh. in the Japanese parlance. So, one of their songs in there is Makafushigi Adventure, the nice. Dragon Ball opening theme set to a kind of, I don't know what you call it, like a samba, I guess? Yeah. Did you actually but, pick up the CD? Yeah, I did. Uh, How is the rest of it? Is it pretty cool? Yeah, it's pretty cool. They have a lot of themes. Some of it's pretty old themes, like Himitsu no Akko-chan, which is on like the 60s. Hot damn. 
Yeah, but they also have the theme that Cat's Eye and um, let's see. Cat's Eye seemed to be pretty big. I think it was mm-hmm. Shoko Nakagawa that also had that. Or maybe it was Hitomi Kitamura yeah. that did Cat's Eye as well. And I can't see. remember. One of those two did it. Chibi Madoko-chan, you know, the one that was uh-huh. right after your song in the one uh, DDR compilation. Right, 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 right. Nice. Um, Not too shabby there. Yeah, some other ones too. All right, let's talk about uh, just the music in general. Final thoughts on music for 2007. What do you got? Not too bad. The covers is hilarious. It really like, that's is. That's just so bizarre. Three versions of the same I song. I think that wins like the freakiest all by story <laughs> all, of the year. All by uh, talented idols. Yes, absolutely. Well, te- technically, um, well, one of them at least is actually known for her singing. The other two are kind of, I don't know. <laughs> kind of. They're known for their looks, mostly, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's move away from music. Let's go through a couple of short topics. Let's talk about delays. I remember delays being pretty big in 2006. We had a couple in 2007. Haruka Kanoru was delayed over in Japan for about a month over on the DS. There was that French movies box set that was delayed, it seemed like, time and time and time again. Um, maybe it came out July 18th. It eventually came out at some point. And then uh, even over here in the US, the Funimation DBZ TV Season 4 box set was delayed to February. So only a couple things there, nothing too significant. Somewhat off topic, how many seasons, quote unquote, is DBZ going to be? Six? Uh, seven, I think. Seven. Might be Because four would be like the Trunks and Android stuff, right? Uh-huh. And, and then, then five, cell, I guess, would be Cell. And then into Boo. Okay, I guess seven makes, that makes sense. sense. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All right. Julian, any thoughts on delays? Just a couple things there. Um, well, it doesn't really affect me too much. <laughs> no, so I don't mind it. All right. Let's talk about sales then. There were a couple great sales this year. There were a bunch of R2s on sale over over at CD Japan for a while, a little bit off on those. Play Asia had a great 20% off sale. Uh, lots of Dragon Ball games and CDs, etc. I think Super DBZ for Japanese PS2 is down to around 20 bucks for a while. Um, some of the Jump uh, Stars games on DS were down in price. Then over here in the US, EB and GameStop had their game day sale, and DBZ games on the cheaper over there. We had Supersonic Warriors 2 and the first Shinbudokai for the PSP. Those were about 15 bucks over there. It's pretty cheap. And then kind of a big one near the end of the year was uh, the Right Stuff clearance sale. Some Dragon Ball stuff for three Three to six bucks over there. Mary, you and I filled in a lot of holes here. Yes, I remember when that box came and it was like, oh my god, we... (laughs) Like, we've been having this blank spot for, like, years and never did anything about it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we do own most of DBZ now in just the single discs. Yeah, I think There's we finally do. very, very, very little we don't have. Yeah, it took us a long time and, you know, a couple different country versions of things, but eventually we picked it all up. So, sales, thoughts. Mer- I guess we just talked about our thoughts yeah, on the sale. Yeah, we... Julian, did any of this affect you whatsoever? Um, no, but Book Off continues to be my friend. <laughs> I agree completely. All right, let's talk about media references. This actually sort of ties into music a little bit, because the first one here is from Lucky Star Episode 5, and the ending theme kind of sung. Julian, tell us about this. Yes, so the series revolves around a character named Konata Izumi, who is basically a not-closet otaku who is in high school, <laughs> And she takes her friends to karaoke and sings pretty much exclusively anime songs. So, um, in this particular one, they choose the opening theme to Dragon Ball Z, Chala Head Chala. There's also another episode where they um, pick the song Monkey Magic, but she realizes she's in over her head because she has not studied English Uh at all. And so, um, the CD with this version of Head Chala 
the in-show version and then an actual, you know, extended length. extended full-length version, which her singing is on the CD, and it's phenomenal. And it makes me laugh and smile gigantically every time I hear it. Well, you know, it's interesting that the voice actress can sing because she's sung the themes of several series in the past, yeah. but she is just it's not. A <laughs> yeah, it's the character. <laughs> oh, dear. And we'll move away from Lucky Star. One more other, uh, I guess, anime reference. And I suppose episode three of this show is what we're talking about. Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Julian, you ever seen this? Um, I know of it. The manga is in stores when I see it. So apparently it's popular, but I have not actually seen any of it. Gotcha. I haven't but, either. But apparently in episode three, there is a reference to the fusion dance. Yeah, back in the background there, a couple characters do little you know, fingers and that cool stuff. So that's that. Let's take it over to the U.S., I suppose. This is a Zune commercial. Yeah, the Microsoft Zune. that had the fusion dance in it as well. What is it with fusion dances this year? There was these little bear things, and there's all these Zunes all over the place, and these little bears do the fusion dance, and commercial just kind of continues from there. Why would they do this? Who did they think they were fooling? Last thing in the media, although it wasn't used anywhere, just kind of on a side, but IGN's pretty big. They recently had an article about the top 10 plot twists in DBZ, so that was their media references for 2007. What do you guys think? It's amazing that there still are references. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not so amazing in Japan. Well, that's very true. In the U.S., it's kind of amazing that there's still references, you know, like seven years after it really hit its peak. Yeah, definitely. I think that Zune one's a pretty good example of that. Well, uh, let's be sad briefly before we take it over to other big news. We had two uh, notable deaths this year. One of them was just a week or so ago. But, Julian, the first one early in the year, who do we have? Yes, we had Izumi Sakai, the lead singer and pretty much core member of Zard, who you will remember from the second ending theme to Dragon Ball GT, don't you see? She died at the age of 40 years old. She was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2006, had the tumor removed, but was readmitted to the hospital a year later after it metastasized to her lungs. Uh, Apparently, uh, in the early morning hours of the day that she died, she went for a walk around the hospital and fell down the stairs. They found her sometime around 5 a.m. and were unable to revive her. So not uh, a Dragon Ball voice actor or production staff or anything, but especially for fans like us, we we Mm -hmm. know and love the GT ending themes. And Julian, was she also the writer of the opening theme? Yes, that she was. And um, she also sang a lot of other anime themes, including a huge bunch for uh, Detective Boy Conan. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that show's got bazillions of songs, so it would make sense that she pops up every once in a while over there. All right, and then uh, we had one more death just recently, and that was Kazumi Tanaka, who played Jis in DBZ. So two this year, uh, one seiyu, one singer, songwriter, etc. Closing thoughts on deaths. Never fun to report on. No, absolutely not. No. Let's move away from the sadness, although perhaps this is sad. I don't really know. We're going to have to talk about the live-action movie. Because in addition to Atari, it was, as I say, our bread and butter of the year. Things started with this Montreal Gazette article saying that the live-action movie was set to film in Montreal, to which uh, IGN reported a follow-up or something like that. 20th Century Fox could not confirm that the Montreal Ooh. Gazette information was accurate. That sounds like some interesting information there, eh? That, that was kind of my French-Canadian accent, <laughs> but I don't do a very good job. Yeah, anyway. for, for someone Labrie, I have a horrible French-Canadian 
accent, knowledge, whatever. So, <laughs> moving on. Website chug.com. They had this hilarious uh, group of story elements about being in school and etc. And a lot of this seems to have somewhat been true as we move forward learning about the movie. It does seem like Goku is going to be in school. Later on, we learn that 85% of a live action movie will be filmed in Durango, Mexico by James Wong. Uh, Anime News Network reported that James Kyson Lee, who plays Ando in here, tried out for the role of Yamcha, although it seems like he did not get that role. Later on, Variety reported that Justin Chatwin and James Marsters had joined the cast officially, and that Stephen Chow and James Wong were indeed... Uh, I guess on tap for the film's production. We had someone named Camila Sodi, or I guess it would be Camila, not Camilla, auditioned for Bulima, although I don't think she got it because we learned about Emmy Rosam later on that year, which was just a couple weeks ago because we're only just now in 2008, and she just had a MySpace blog entry about working with Chow Young Fat, who is playing Kami Senin in the live-action movie. Oh, boy. Yep. We also had the Hollywood Reporter say that Jamie Chung was to be Chi-Chi in the movie, and I guess she had something to do with the real world or something like that. No idea who any of these people are, except for James Marsters and Zhao Young-Fat. Uh, there was an open casting call for extras down there. We haven't learned where this is going yet, although, I mean, every movie has extras. I'm just interested in seeing what this mass of people will do. Uh, general filming will begin in January. We have someone named Louis Arietta playing Goku's friend Tato. He filmed for about two days, and then there was some kind of Brazilian prank saying the movie was canceled. I cruised through that news because it's what we've been talking about, like Atari. Let's get some final thoughts. Julian, what do you think about the live-action movie as it stands or where it's heading? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I I don't even know what to expect. The, the thing with Stephen Chow and Chow Yun-Fat signing on to the movie were just kind of way out of left field, and I have I no idea what to expect anymore. I, I feel the same way. I don't. I don't. Mary, what do you think? I'm still kind of in a state of denial that this thing is actually being produced. Me too, produced. I really am. I'm like, really? Cheese really? Monsters? Really? Are you really making a movie? What? It's going to be out in August, so this thing's going to be made in eight months. That can't bode well. We're going to have such a phenomenal time going to the premiere. Dude, we're going to make an event. We will. It has to be an event. Want to do it in New York? Sure. I mean, I don't oh, know man. if it's going to fall on the weekend of like a con or something, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so that's the live-action movie news. I have nothing else to add. So we've talked about video games and music and sales and all that stuff. So I guess all we really have left are new products and then just random stuff. Uh, the widescreen stuff was pretty big this year. Madman was going to be putting out the remastered sets down there in Australia. And the really great part here was how they noted that they were disappointed in Funimation's choice of uh, cropping the show. They would have preferred it 4 by 3 Yeah, it kind of sucks for them to be the distributor. They yeah. get whatever people give them. They, they had a huge problem with the uh, DVDs for One Piece that they were planning to put out because they couldn't get the uncut version. Right, right. Yeah, it sucks okay. for Australians. Man, you guys got a lot of bullshit going on down there recently with uh, interwebs and censoring and, you know, they can't even get good DVDs. I, I feel your pain down there. We'll bring it back to the U.S., though. Navarre, who actually owns Funimation. Their online catalog listed uh, remastered season two in May, well before the info got out anywhere. So pay attention to them. They seem to know what's going on. Fancy that. Toei announced that individual Dragon Ball volumes would begin after Z ended and 4407 was four star ball day. How cute is that? And uh, we just had the end of all these come out in December, right? I think the 25th 
24 and 25 came out, or 25 and 26, whatever it was, last two volumes. Nice. Funimation was putting out Spanish DVDs. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that in our final thoughts on new products. We learned okay. that France was getting that remastered movie box set. Initially, it was said to be 4 by 3 but it turned out it was going to be widescreen. Uh, Funimation Season 3 came out September 18th. Kind of big news from Viz Comic-Con. Uh, this news came out. Viz Big Omnibus format for DB and DBZ was going to be coming. They'd be 3-in-1 uh, volumes. And also, Funimation would be putting out Broly on Blu-ray. Two movies on one Blu-ray disc that came out. Uh, we also learned that Viz was going to release something called Dragon Ball Collector, which they did in the October jump over here in the U.S., and it had Nekomajin Z5 in it, the single chapter, although there was no distinction that it was you know, the fifth chapter in a series, and there was uh, interviews and little info bits. Mary, you and I did a whole review of Dragon Ball Collector, which I actually thought was a good episode. I really like going through that. Talking about all that stuff. We learned about more Spanish DVDs, so it looked like Funimation wasn't done there. Uh, a GT Lost Episodes box set was coming. Oh <laughs> a French movie box set finally came out. I love how we talked about that real early on in this outline. It keeps going, 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 going. Oh, yeah, eventually that French box set came out. Uh, not really the Dragon Box, but it was something. Another really big thing this year was Dragon Ball Ultimate Edition. Listings began to pop up in October or for October, and this ended up being a re-released version of the Chinese live-action movie, quote, remastered and with all new special effects, which oh there is an episode on. <laughs> oh, man. If you can call it an episode. <laughs> we'll keep going. We learned that Dragon Ball GT R2 DVDs will be coming out in February, so DBZ finished, Dragon Ball finished, and GT is next. That's the same order as the Dragon Boxes, so we're all assuming that movies and stuff will come after GT, although it'll take us a year to get through GT. Uh, very recently, we learned that there's going to be a Bardock and Trunks double feature DVD coming out over here in the U.S. That is that faux remastered format. This just started huh. popping up again, even though we learned about it a while back. There's more listings for Dragon Ball Movie 2 through four set coming again in February. It seems to be the exact same thing that came out a while ago, where it's just uh, the three Dragon Ball movies that Funimation has done just kind of thrown together cheap. Although since it's being relisted, we don't know if it's going to be redubbed or resubtitled or re We don't know what's going on there, so we'll look forward to seeing that. More Spanish DVDs. Bandai reobtained the toy license for North America. This was kind of big. Uh, we've mm -hmm. always had that. Irwin and Jack specific. I don't really follow the action figures and stuff, but Bondi's got it back. We learned that Viz and their Omnibus, uh, the first one's coming out in May for around $18. Uh, we also had some news from our podcast host, God of Chaos, which you should really pay attention to. May 27th, DBZ Movies 1 and 2 are coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. This is a double feature. It's going to be that remastered stuff. Also that same day, Season 5 is coming out. And apparently there's a listing for June 10th, a Dragon Ball GT season one box set which Again? we said was interesting because we just had a lost episodes box set and every other part of gt has a box set so will this be remastered we don't know and then the very last thing there's a limited edition goku figure coming out in april in japan so those are the new products what do you guys think i'm gonna hand it off to mary first 
I don't think we bought a single item. <laughs> <laughs> From this list? From this list. Uh, that's right. We didn't get season three. I no, no, that's not true. We got the Dragon Ball collector issue of Shonen Jump. Uh, oh, no, we got Dragon Ball Ultimate oh, Edition. Oh, yes, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> of course. So I guess we are mildly still consumers. Well, a lot of this stuff was announced and was news in 2007 and isn't necessarily out yet. Gotcha. So there's still time to pick up a lot of that. But yeah, we stopped at season two for the remastered sets. And as I said, I only got season two because I got it at that $9 price mistake at Best Buy. Um, Julian, what do you think about all this stuff going on? Lots of new stuff. Yes. So um, it, it's nice to see that there's so much coming out in foreign countries and not just Japan. However, there seems to be a lot of duplicates going on, particularly on the DVD front with Funimation. And it's really kind of like what's going on there. Yeah, they never want to give any information. Like, if you think back to when that Vegeta saga was first uh, printed in catalogs and listed on sites and stuff, we didn't know anything for, what, like half a year before we learned any real info on it. So Funimation just doesn't like to talk. Anyone have any final thoughts on um, products that came out over the year? Not a whole lot to say. If it comes out, it comes out. If not, whatever. Moving on? All right. Last thing we got, just random news from the year. It doesn't really fit into other stuff. Uh, those DBZ R2s were selling great in Japan, the end of Z specifically. There's a pretty big thing over on Dig about the uh, Dragon Ball children, I suppose we could call them. Uh, lots of people very with fond memories talking about Dragon Ball, which Mary, you and I talked about because it was interesting. That time on Dig, anytime any anime thing popped up, the, re- like, oh, the anime oh, response is just overwhelmingly negative. And for Dragon Ball to have a positive response, maybe that bodes well for the live action movie you know we have these people who aren't really anime fans just remember this as a show as a good show that are going to go see it uh probably the quote of the year from megacon funimation panel uh kind of a justification for the box sets quote a way to rejuvenate the brand with a young audience and introduce them to the greatest action adventure anime ever there's a nine-year-old born every day oh boy there's a sucker born every minute nine years ago (laughs) A nine-year-old, huh? I mean... It's like, is that who you're targeting this to? Or are you trying to target it to teenagers? Like, make up your mind! Well, that's the whole thing. Who the hell are they marketing this towards? They keep changing so many things. Is it a high price release with all sorts of deluxe awesomeness? Or is it super cheap? Just get it out to the kids. Uh, We've talked about that too much. Uh, We noticed that a lot of our one DVDs, specifically Dragon Ball, were going out of print and they were really hard to pick up. A lot of people noticed Mm -hmm. that they just could not get that Bardock disc. And then it turns out the re- releasing this uh, double feature thing later on. So we're all assuming at this point, if you can't buy those original Dragon Ball DVDs anymore, is Funimation going to do a remastered version of all those? So we look forward to seeing that stuff. Taking it over to Japan briefly, Masako Nozawa popped up on Hello Morning. Julian, your favorite show ever. Oh dear. So it's a variety show hosted by the gaggle of girls from uh, uh, Morning Musume, who are basically, they have a rotating lineup and they quote-unquote quote, graduate when they reach, what, 16? Something like that, so yeah. Their, their whole existence is basically predicated on uh, selling CDs to young girls and creepy middle-aged men. <laughs> um, but anyway, on their show, Masako Nozawa showed up and even did uh, Kamehameha with some of the um, girls on the show. They enjoyed it. Yeah. One of them was super, super into it. That was nice. Oh, dear. All right, uh, Julian, we had one other thing that was over there in Japan. We had Nippon Ijin Taisho. What was this? Yes, so it appeared to be um, part of a series of uh, little award things broadcast on TV in Japan. So this was an animated segment done in Dragon Ball style with various individuals from um, Japanese 
history, or rather the legendary representations thereof, doing battle uh, with Goku as one of the two guest announcers. Basically, the other announcer was somebody on the channel, I forget. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you had, uh, let's see, Benke, you had Himiko, the legendary earliest queen of Japan mentioned in Chinese records. You have uh, Prince Shotoku, who introduced the country to Buddhism and uh, reformed the legal code. And, oh, you had What's-His-Face, who led the failed Christian revolt in the 1600s or 1700s. Right-o. It was just a, a fun little thing, Goku plugging yeah. DVDs over in there, as always. But we'll take it away from Japan briefly, come over to uh, the U.S. and AOL, because, you know, there's such a huge household name now. AOL, over on their homepage, they had this little <laughs> DBZ video game retrospective video. Mary, your mom found this. Props to our mom! Um, I don't even remember what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was just a video with horrible pronunciations and stuff talking about DBZ video games in the U.S. But it was on uh, AOL, and that's like a major news outlet, I suppose. All right, we'll move away from that. Mary, your favorite uh, Dragon Ball voice actor, maybe? I don't know. No, not my favorite voice actor, but voice actor for a favorite character. V yes. Very important to you. What went on here? Well, I wish I was there. Takashi Kusao, uh, the voice of Trunks, was at Animazement, and he had a lot of fun with Kara Edwards, who was the voice of Chibi Trunks. No, she was Goten. Oh, who was the voice of Chibi Goten. I think. You think? Yes. Yeah, because Laura was Bailey the voice was of Chibi, uh, Chibi Goten in the American dub of Dragon Ball Z. Right, because right, they did a cross-country oh, fusion, fusion dance. Yes. That's what it was, and that was cool. And there was uh, some video of that from the con, and she was very excited. And it was kind of creepy hearing these two voices together at the same time. Julian, I'm going to throw this over to you. Uh, issue 34 of Jump last year, and carrying over to Treasure, One Piece anniversary. What's going on here? There's a Toriyama drawing? So, yeah, so this is a drawing, and basically to commemorate um, the 10th anniversary of One Piece, a whole bunch of different Jump artists contributed little illustrations, and uh, basically... Uh, uh, Toriyama's is Luffy with a thing of meat and very, very Toriyama style. Too. Yeah, totally. So that was like, that was really nice to see. Yeah, there are some other ones which are entertaining as well. I think the uh, illustrator of Death Note contributed one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that's kind of One Piece news, but Toriyama's returning the favor because Oda did one of those Dragon Ball chili. He was the first one, I believe, with uh, volume yeah. one of the Kanzenban that came yep. out. Good stuff. All right. Also over in Japan, uh, Dragon Ball DVD subscription members would get a special diorama, and uh, DBZ dioramas could be obtained for all the UPC codes. And I think if you had all of the UPC codes, you got a super special extra diorama, and these seem really awesome. And I believe there's even listings for them over on, like, Yahoo Japan auctions and stuff. I'm really tempted because they look awesome. But... I'll save my money. So, uh, Toonami Jetstream, which I believe kind of streams, you know, Jetstream, they stream episodes, computer, that's how that works. They were going to have DBZ available for viewing, and funny, they ended up starting with the original Ocean dub, The Arrival of Raditz, rather than any Funimation stuff. So, ah, uh, Toonami, you're fun. There was this Majin Buu cosplay outfit on eBay, I think it was like $500. Julian, I tried to convince you to buy it, but I guess that didn't work too much. No, I thought you were going to buy it. Damn it. We need to communicate better. <laughs> Could have had it. Moving on, Van Presto was taken back into the fold of Bandai, who themselves are uh, kind of refocusing and reorganizing. Yes. You know, I wonder, model kits. <laughs> I wonder if this is mirroring some of the Atari stuff over there in Japan, but because it's kind of a Japanese company, we get a little less information readily available to us, so uh, I guess we'll mm -hmm. keep an eye on them and see what they do. Toei chose Blu-ray as their format of choice, 
which doesn't affect us yet as Dragon Ball fans, although it may in the future. So that's another thing we'll keep an eye on. Jump Festa things going on. Goku, Luffy, and Naruto showed up in Second Life to promote Jump Festa. And then over there, Masako Nozawa and Hironobu Kageyama showed up and did their little fandom bit. She did a Kamehameha. He did a live performance. And we also learned that DBZ episodes will be coming to cell phones in Japan via 5958.jp. I'm trying to figure out if there's some kind of not-so-clever phonetic pun in I, I believe it's Goku number combination. Gohan. Mm, well, it's close enough, I guess. <laughs> Go, Goku, Goha. Well, there's no mm, but right, right, right. okay, that, that, that's fair enough. Yes. <laughs> So I think that's pretty clever. So that's the random news from the year. So let's wrap this up. Mary, do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff? Um, you know, we had some appearances. We had Masako Nozawa. We had Takashi Kusao. Cool stuff. Yeah, some of our best stories came out of these random bits of news. Yeah, I really think they did. At least uh, some good discussions, mm-hmm. even if the news is kind of minor. Julian, what do you think about some of this stuff? Um, yeah, that quote still gets me. There's <laughs> really a nine-year-old does. born every day. I mean... You know, there's a sucker born every minute, right? I, I, <laughs> that's what it perfectly mirrors. And, like, we're trying not to put those words in their mouths, but it's really hard not to. All right. So with that out of the way, that was all the news from 2007. Let's check up on what we made as predictions for 2007. Halfway through the year, we did a checkup on it. Now that the year is over, let's go through it. Mary, you said that the big news would be the remastered box sets, which would continue to sell well regardless of any problems they have and all problems they have due to their price. This seems to have been true. Mm-hmm. That season yeah, one was I think the it was best-selling there. anime of the year. That's right. You also said there would be more video games. Uh, we had a few. We had Harukanoru. We had Shinbudokai 2. We had Sparking Meteor. We got announcements of Dragon Ball Online and Burst Limit, which will be out next year in some capacity. So, uh, yeah, more video games. Absolutely. Julian, I loved your predictions. You said you'd hopefully be in Japan. Uh, where are you right now? I am in Tokyo, in Shibuyaku, in the neighborhood of Shoto, which is a residential district that has a lot of foreign residents. So, so uh, you're in Japan. Yes, I technically live in Osaka Prefecture, but I'm visiting Tokyo on vacation. So Nice, that came true. Additionally, you said, whatever happens, I hope it's good. And you concluded with, 2006 was pretty cool. I laugh, I cried, I had some food, relaxed. You know, 2007, away we go. Yep, so I think it's pretty much the same for this year except without the crying part so yeah there you go <laughs> okay we'll check into my predictions i had a lot more than you guys i said viz will do something nekomajin maybe and sure enough we had that dragon ball collector which had a chapter of nekomajin z although they've made no official announcements about continuing to release that in any capacity uh we also got that viz big announcement that they'd be putting stuff out I said Funimation will pump out the remastered sets, whoring themselves wherever and whenever for publicity. Banner ads would be everywhere. For at least a portion of the year, that seemed to be pretty true. I said there'd be more video games, though not as many as 2006. That also seemed to be true. We just had that, like, core trio of games that came out. Uh, I said a new Sparking will come out and will finish on the PS2, will not go to the PS3. That came true. Sparking Meteor came out on the PS2. I also said there will be another Wii game, and Sparking Meteor went over to the Wii to conclude the run over there after having... Uh, 2, or Neo, come out just earlier that year in January. It made its move to the Wii. I said, we're still waiting on the Super Dragon Ball Z 2, but if it comes, it'll go straight to home. Well, we never saw that. That's kind of sad. I thought there might be another D.O.N. Um, That never happened, so I'm kind of sad about that. I said Mm -hmm. there'd be no more Superstar games on the DS, and that seems to have taken a break for the year. I said they would hold off on music in 2007. For Dragon Ball, they 
kind of held off on music. It seemed like other people took up the slack, though. You know, those three cover songs of the same song. And then we had the Makafushigi cover. We had the Kodochan packs, which are, you know, actual Dragon Ball merchandise and some other re-releases. So I'm kind of wrong, but there wasn't really a whole lot of new stuff other than maybe Super Survivor. Uh, I said the Animanga will die. Julian, I don't think there's been much over in that department. Has there been? There, ha- there hasn't been much to report after the end of the Saijin Frieza arc thing. Right. It doesn't mean they won't put out more in the future, unfortunately. Well, hopefully it's over. Uh, I ended giving 2007 a cautious thumbs up. It would be tough to top 2006 with all of its stuff, but I was hoping for the best. And uh, that all seemed to come true. I'd say the cautious thumbs up was pretty accurate, especially as we get to the end of the year with uh, Atari and the live action movie and stuff. So what I'd like to do now is, now that we've checked in on our predictions from 2007, before we make our 2008 predictions, I want to give a couple of awards from the year, best ofs. Uh, Julian, do you have a best video game of the year? I think I'm going to leave that one to you, Mike. All right, Mary, do you have a best video game of the year? You played one of them. Uh, yeah, so my award goes to that one. Okay, Sparking, Sparking Meteor. Meteor. I played two of them. I played Harukanoru and I played Sparking Meteor, and I guess I'll have to give it to Sparking Meteor. Our Let's, process of illumination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go with best album or overall CD, and I guess I'll include some of those, uh, the ones that had the cover songs. Julian, what do you think? What was your favorite overall one? We'll get to song next, but maybe it influences mm. that. So maybe we'll combine but, them. Give me your, your favorite played- album, then your favorite song. Tokyo Brass style. Nice. All right. I can yeah. see that. We we already talked about it. You liked uh, it. had a lot of old stuff on there. It had a really cool style to it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mary, how about you of all this stuff? I didn't listen to any CDs. No? Do you have a favorite song from the last year, though? Yeah, the theme song for Sparking Media. Super Survivor? Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Favorite albums in CDs? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I'm close to agreeing with Julian, but I actually may give it to the Shoko Nakagawa one. It's got the Ava theme on there. It's got the Sailor Moon R song on there. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good CD. It wasn't amazing. It was decent enough. Song of the Year, though, I'm going to have to also give it to Super Survivor. We've talked about that. I thought it was a pretty badass song. So uh, there you go on that. How about best news piece? Overall news of the year. Julian, what do you think your favorite news piece was? My favorite news piece? There's just so much news. (laughs) I don't (laughs) even know where to start. I I guess just hearing about some of the stuff like the the random appearances at cons and even the, the international fusion. I like that. We can consolidate those all to one thing. Is I might do the same thing with my choice. Mary, what do you think? What was your favorite overall news uh, of the I year? I to see the list again. <laughs> I guess, because I'm still in disbelief, it'd be the live-action movie actually being made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. All of that news consolidated, just in general, the live-action movie. I've been with you. I've been in complete denial, like, they're never going to make this. Come on. The longer we wait, the more irrelevant it is to make, and then it ends up coming true. They're really going to make it. I'm cautiously looking forward to it. I'm not hoping for anything other than having a good time when we go to see it. So maybe that's my favorite news piece of the year, too. Let's talk about our favorite individual product from the year something that came out julian do you have any favorites oh you know i think there's a lot of different things that uh, there are and <laughs> yes stuff. do you um, have a favorite see. one of them Th- things things that i bought let's see the the cd from the brass band people right. That that I like that. <laughs> you, you bought it <laughs> and you the, liked it. So, okay. <laughs> so, so so much of this is things that I didn't really you know 
well, I either already true. had in some form or another, right, or right. I just didn't get. So, all right. <laughs> I'll turn it to Mary. Then, what was your favorite product I didn't really of the year? Buy much other than like I get little figures at cons. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess the Dragon Ball Ultimate Edition, just because it provided so many laughs. <laughs> You know, I'm. I think I'm gonna give it to that as well. <laughs> that, that made for a fantastic evening and a, a fantastic editing session the next day when I re-listened to everything that happened. So maybe that's <laughs> it. Although I do have to say, um, due to the discussion we had and everything that we talked about, I thought Dragon Ball Collector was also pretty interesting to go through and talk about all the stuff that was in there. So but I think I'll give it to the re-release live-action movie in there. Uh, we'll end it with a fun one. Julian, what was your favorite crazy Funimation move from the last year? Crazy Funimation. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, that pretty much encapsulates everything. But it's just this harping on this idea of their remastering being, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, and it really isn't. Right. Mary, how about you? Your, your favorite crazy Funimation move? Another Dragon Ball GT box set. Well, and they just released one already. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, um, oh, man. I agree with both of you, and that is my answer. I think just Funimation as an entity is crazy enough that just saying the name Funimation emits yeah. thoughts of craziness. and At least in how it touches on Dragon Ball. Exactly. That's really what it is. It's just the treatment of Dragon Ball. <laughs> oh, all right. So those are our best ofs. Let's give some uh, predictions for 2008. I'll go in the same order. Julian, what do you think we're going to see in 2008? How are you going to handle it? What do you think? Well, I think I'm going to be keeping tabs on things here in Japan, and I'll keep you up to date with all the latest info that I can find out. Sweet. You know, things are looking like, I don't know, really. <laughs> but I suppose we'll find out. We're just hoping that there is no trying to cash in on the Moe craze and creating a DBZ date simulator or something crazy oh, like that. God. As long as that doesn't happen, I think I'll be all right. I, I think we'll be all set. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Mary, how about you? Do you have any predictions for 2008? What do you want to see? What are you hoping to see? What do you think will happen? Um, I predict that the movie will get delayed. You think so? Yeah. I think that's a pretty safe prediction. Because honestly, I mean, how can they make a movie in eight months? I mean, oh, maybe it's possible, it. but they can do I don't know. It. I'm just cynical. Um, there's not much in the way I want to see because I feel like I own everything mm-hmm. and I don't want to spend money this year. So I hope I hope <laughs> crap comes out this year because I don't want to be tempted to buy anything. All I right. hope 2008 sucks balls. Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, all right, we'll go over to me. I guess I'll start with the live-action movie as well. I don't think it'll be delayed. I think it'll come out. I don't think it'll be as bad as a lot of people are expecting it to be. I don't think it's going to be anything special either. I think it'll be on the same kind of ground as maybe like a Resident Evil movie kind of thing. It's got oh, James Marsters in it. How bad can it be? Uh, uh, so sad. Oh, no. Uh, video game stuff. We know we got Burst Limit coming out. I think we'll see more news for Dragon Ball Online starting to come out maybe halfway through the year. Um, for other video games, though, I think besides Burst Limit, I think it's really going to slow down. You know, we didn't see another DON, we didn't see another Jump Stars, we didn't see another Super DBZ. And with the rising cost of game development, other than maybe handhelds, I really think Burst Limit is going to be their bread and butter for video gaming in 2008. What other stuff? Funimation is just going to keep doing those box sets. I think we'll hear some kind of a announcement of what they're doing with either GT or Dragon Ball 
it seems like if we're getting a GT box set, they got to start talking about that pretty soon. So I think we'll hear about GT before anything else, what they're doing with that. And I'm, I can't wait to hear their justification for, you know, six months after putting out the last box set, what they're going to do to re-release it. Um... Any other thoughts anyone else has? I really don't know that I have any other predictions. I think 2008 is going to be kind of weak sauce compared to 2006 and 7. I think so. I think it's slowing down over in Japan a little bit. You know, they have new figures and that kind of stuff that's coming out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Julian, you're the one that's over there. How does it feel for, like, Dragon Ball fandom? Uh, well, I mean, people all know who what it is. So oh, there's yes. no danger of that going away. Right. And there's plenty of kids at the elementary schools who have DBC, you know, writing, what you call it, shitajiki. How do you translate that into English? Pencil board? You know, the thing that you put under a piece of paper yeah, so you don't... Boards. Pencil board. And folders and such. So, you know, that's, that's always heavy merchandise there. So it, it's not going away anytime soon. All right. So uh, I yeah. guess that is going to wrap up our 2007 retrospective. Pretty big year, all things considered, for news and all that jazz. So with that done, we got a couple last things to do. We'll cruise through some releases. We got some emails, and we do have that contest to talk about. So let's kick it over to the releases. We're going to quickly touch on a couple things from December 22nd that we missed because we've been doing some other stuff. There's some DS Lite accessories that came out over in Japan. We had a custom hardcover for an image of Goku. Although if you click it, it looks a little more like Gohan uh, doing a Kamehameha. That's $12.90 over at Play Asia. And then there's a DS Lite soft card case. Julian, is that like to carry games around in? I can't really tell, but it's uh, $7.90. They refer to other game cases as hard, uh, as card cases as well. Oh, okay. So I assume so. All right. Well, it's all DS Lite stuff in there. So they're making some DBZ accessories. Pretty interesting. And then uh, along the same lines in January, although I didn't see an actual date for it, there's a carrying case with an image of Shenlong for uh, $12.90. But Julian, uh, a real hard date for January. On the 16th, we got something. What's up? Yes. In Spain, we have Remastered Volume 18. It's a two-disc set per the norm. And it has DBZ TV episodes 142 through 149 of La Saga de Sen. It's retailing for 24.95 euros or what about 30 dollars well actually no that's probably more than that well oh yeah well okay yeah the, probably the, a lot more the, than that. the u.s dollar is not doing so well right now, but <laughs> we're so used to converting yen to dollars anyway <laughs> more info however can be found as always at sonadvd.com righto you know, I did a lot of looking around. I couldn't find a whole lot for January. So I guess we'll just give you a heads up for February 6th. Mary, what we got coming out over in Japan's? We've got the start of the Dragon Ball GT Region 2 DVDs. These would be volumes 1 and 2. And these cover episodes 1 through 12. That's actually quite a bit yep. of episodes. Nice. Um, so yeah, these episodes clearly aren't lost over in Japan. This is just you know, normal for ah, them. Ha, the way it was ha, meant to be seen. Ha, um, these go for 39.90 yen each, and you can find these babies on Amazon Japan and CD Japan. Um, it's interesting to note that Amazon Japan has listings for all 11 volumes, but the only dates we know are 1 and 2, which is February 6th, and volumes 3 and 4, which is March 5th. Getting ahead into the future. Yes, so uh, GT will wrap up in 11 volumes, and we'll see where they go from there. So those are the releases. Let's take it over to the emails. 
Our first email for the week comes to us from Lance. Lance says, hey, Mike, Mary, and Julian. Great topic on Kami Sending the other week. I had no idea about those one-shot voice actors that appeared towards the end of the series, and I even own the fourth Dragon Ball movie. But I couldn't help but notice that you left out a minor voice replacement before Kohei Miyauchi passed on. I don't oh, have the exact it. information with me right now, but in the episode of Dragon Ball where Goku is fighting Chi-Chi in the 23rd Tenka Ichibodokai, Kami Sending is portrayed by another voice actor, and unless I'm mistaken, it's Joji Yanami, the voice of the narrator and the future voice of Kaiyo-sama. It's only for that one episode, and I have no idea why. In fact, a few episodes earlier, Mr. Popo seems to have a different voice for one episode. Guess the actors were just unavailable. Hope this helps. Damn it, you know, Mary, we were done recording. Here's a little insight to that episode. It sounded pretty smooth, right? Well, we were recording it, and I didn't notice that in movie 13, someone else played him. So we recorded a new segment to plug into the middle of that recording and make it sound all smart. Like, oh, yeah, we knew this all along, therefore. And here we are, and Joji Anami pops up. And yeah. I totally miss this. So basically, these things do happen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's easier to keep track of in a series like One Piece, which is still ongoing. And especially now, they just put like a little blurb up on the website before yep. the episode ed- airs. That so-and-so's role is going to be portrayed by X person for this week. Well, actually, it's usually been for a series of episodes. Yeah, During what the was little the big garden, one? Was it Nami? Um, well, there's a number of ones. During the Little Garden arc, Nami's voice actress was uh, replaced by the voice actress for Nojiko for a little while. More recently, the voice actress for Chopper during the uh, NES lobby arc took a break. We oh, think no. it was maternity leave. Oh, and then the voice... And then the voice of Robin um, also was uh, absent for a little while. And th- this was especially worrisome because people were wondering if she'd actually show up in uh, the Evangelion movie remake. Since oh. She's the voice of, uh, what, Dr. What's-her-face? Akagi. There we are. <laughs> yes. but, but she did it. She was indeed in the movie. So, um, oh. And it seems that she also was on maternity leave. So she seems to be back in here. And right now they have the full cast um, as normal. Well... So, Kohei Miyauchi could not be on maternity leave. He could really only be on death leave, although he would die for... Well, people people also get sick. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, Joji Yanami is kind of like another one of those default old guy voices. It's uh, him and Daisuke Gori that kind of do every old guy in the series Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Well, Takeshi Aono, too. He was the the original Piccolo and Kami. You got like the trio of the old men, so it doesn't surprise me. So maybe he was sick an episode, but thank you. Um, if I can track it down, I will throw in a voice sample of Joji Yanami playing Kami Sending, right? And we're back, so there you go. Um, Mary, why don't you read the next email here from Brandon? Thanks, Certainly. Lance. Brandon writes, Hey, DiZX Podcast crew. My name is Brandon. I'm a new listener to your podcast and have only been listening for a couple months or so. I enjoy hearing the updates about the live-action movie and collectibles, but unfortunately, not the games for my gaming skills have deteriorated in the past few years. I was one of the DBZ people at your Otakon panel. I played Yamcha in the white shirt, along with my friends doing Saimon, Vegeta, and Bulma accordingly. My question is, is there any explanation on the DBZ One Piece crossover? I have seen clips and such, but I am not sure as to what this is about or even for. Do you think it will be released on video? Looking forward to your answers, and again, I love your podcasting. Keep it up. Julian, Wow. This is, before the yes. video, Cross Epic. Yes, yes, so Cross Epic is a different thing. This was, right. of course... I just wanted to mention that, because uh, it was another Cross Epic. A comic, uh, and I'm, I'm translating it. 
I have been translating it for quite a while, but I keep getting <laughs> that, that would be a year now, Julie. <laughs> I, I, other things come up, okay? Dude, dude I, I have no problem with it. It's the emails that we get that have problems with it. <laughs> okay. Well, I will get it done eventually. All um, right. So that, that, what was the situation there? That was just a fun little thing that Oda and Toriyama did together? Yeah, it was kind of like in the works for about three years before it actually happened, but eventually came out at the end of 2006. Um, right. Now, this thing goes Videos. even further back. Uh, I don't even remember all the details anymore, but there was this thing in Odaiba, which is also where the Fuji TV headquarters are. So basically, they had this sort of multimedia event. I think it was at Aqua City, which is a shopping center. But anyway, they had this sort of uh, multimedia, multiple screens and this Shenlong prop in the middle where they had basically Goku and Luffy fighting against an editor who is about to make his first appearance in the English dub, coincidentally. But anyway, yeah. But that, yeah, I don't think you'll ever see it on DVD because it's kind of one of those things that you can't really put on a DVD. It's Yes, it takes up multiple screens and it's like an environmental thing. And, but it was pretty so, cool. Yeah. Was that the same one or there's a different one that has, uh, I guess you would call him Astro Boy? It's probably a different one because uh, Astro Boy wasn't in that one. Right. Okay. So there's at least two of them that are out there. I know there are clips on YouTube. Um, you know, like I'm sure this is where they saw some of that stuff. There have even been some good attempts at like shrinking the screens down and trying to fit as many as you can into one new screen that kind of shows all the angles and stuff. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So there you go. It was like a, an event thing and it was kind of for the audiences there. And you now it's got all the voice actors and the music and the people and fun times. All right, Julian, why don't you read the last email here from Paul? Paul says, Hey everyone. Enjoy the podcast. I was just listening to episode number 104 where you guys watched and reviewed the live-action movie, and I had a very important question that was bugging me as I was listening. What is the Labrie household preferred method of getting wasted? I've heard you mention in previous podcasts that you are usually drinking a Dos Equis, but not everyone is a fan of beer, especially not girls most of the time. I personally am a beer guy. You could call me a beer connoisseur, but my girlfriend enjoys the girly fruit drinks and various mixed drink varieties. <laughs> On a typical Guitar Hero night my, at my house, there is anything from beer to hard liquor and everything in between flowing. What is a typical night at Casa de la Brie? Is there predominantly beer, hard liquor, mixed drinks, girly drinks, etc.? I think it's important for the listeners to know all the tools that were necessary to get through the live-action movie. <laughs> Thanks, and keep up the great work, guys. Tools uh, indeed. You know, that's why I like the email, because they wrap it up by saying the tools that were necessary to get through the live-action movie. Uh, you know, I also like that on the typical Guitar Hero night, because that's kind of what it is here. It's Guitar Hero and Rock Band Nights, and that's what happens. And occasionally we record a podcast at the same time. Uh, Mary, you are a girly mixed drink person. I suppose so. I'm not a beer drinker at all. No. But my drink of choice is uh, Amaretto Sour. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah. that, that, that's something. But when I want, that doesn't do anything to me. I just like the taste. <laughs> if I want to actually get a little tipsy, I usually go for margaritas. All righty. Uh, myself, I guess it's an environmental thing. My Mexican beer of choice is indeed the Dosi Kis. My Japanese beer of choice is the Sapporo. And for American stuff, I seem to go back and forth between Yingling and Sam Adams, although I think I prefer Yingling. Uh, my drink is the rum and coke. I enjoy the Captain Morgan spiced rum. And I believe that was the major tool for that movie, was the rum and coke for pretty much all parties involved. And what else? Uh, I guess that's it. You know, it's really weird to be talking about. I expected to record this last night as I was probably drinking something, but it's now almost 11 a.m. in the morning. So 
So we're almost at a time where I could break out a beer, although it would be a little weird to be doing so at 10.56 in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> but I wanted to answer the question anyway. Julian, I think you're also a rum and coke guy. Yeah, that and gin and tonic sometimes. Nice. I don't like beer either. Beer, I prefer something that's nice and full-bodied. Yes. You know, so, well, uh, you know. Paul, I hope that answers your question. That is uh, the situation at Casa de la Brie, and uh, rock band nights are full of them. So if you guys would like to send us emails, oh so simple, send them on over to podcast at dizex.com. I'm going to have Julian spell it out for us. How do you do it? That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at, which is a little A with a squiggly thing around it, D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Or D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com if you're in another part of the world. Thank you for looking out for all of our international listeners, which I believe there are more than North American listeners. It is pretty frightening. So with the emails out of the way, let's wrap it up with contest information. That's right, X is 10 years old. We are a decade old. How frightening is that? It only makes sense to have a contest and celebrate the awesomeness. So when Legend of Dragon World came out in February 2006, that was that two-disc compilation set of a whole bunch of vocal themes, CD Japan included two posters of the cover art with this CD for me, and I've decided to give one away. It's a pretty large poster. I put my thumb. It's a pretty large poster, and if you know the cover art, it's kind of like uh, flying on Shenlong, everyone in the background, kind of stripish blue. It's it's really neat looking. So we got a poster to give away. What you were going to do is send an email to contest at dizex.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. The subject needs to be... Um, let's just say Legend of Dragon World. And you have to get the English right. You can't say Legend of the Dragon World. It has to say Legend of Dragon World. And that's how I'll uh, know you're entering the contest. Um, I guess that takes care of what they need to write in it for me to differentiate. So if you send that in, your entries need to be in by February 1st at 12 noon. That's right. you got about a month to do it. We'll give it away in the first show in February. So we'll, uh, of course, reiterate this information on all the shows leading up to there. And this will also be a website contest since we're celebrating the website site not specifically the podcast so you're going to get a free poster just for entering and listening and checking us out that's the end of the episode i've been going for a while 2007 was the keep biting myself fantastic too much talking let's say goodbye to everyone julian you're over in japan what are you up to uh tomorrow and next week well tomorrow which is sunday i am going back to osaka on the regular train not the bullet train the regular train it takes about nine hours oh not so yeah, it's not so bad in between, say, Tokyo and Odawara, and then in between, say, Toyohashi and Osaka, but in that little window, there's only local trains. Holy Technically, shit. there are rapid service trains, but those rapid service trains are the bullet train. Ah. So, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, enjoy that. You got your DS to keep company? Um, well, I've got my light novel, which um, I'm actually making progress in. So oh, my reading cool. skills in Japanese are improving. Nice. Well, that's so, uh, probably that's better than do. playing video games. So congrats on that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, goodbye to you. Let's say goodbye to Mary, though, because you're from Hi. Temple of Trunks. Uh-huh. Which say also it. will be celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Just a couple yep. months. March. March. Sweet. So yes, the site can be found at www.temploturunks.com. Nice. All right. So before we leave, we'll let you know that next week is indeed the manga review of Awesomeness Volume 12. We are concluding the 22nd Tenkaichi Budokai and heading into the Piccolo Daimao arc. Mary, you're done reading it. Yep. I got to read it and take my notes. Got to lend it to Jeff. He'll be here next week. Julian, you join us next week.
week for this? Um, actually, I have a friend who's coming from the States to visit, so I have to be tour guide. But All I'll right. be wishing you guys luck. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we'll do that next week. And we got more stuff coming in the future. That's the end of the show. That was episode 110, first episode of 2008. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Mary, Temple of Trunks, Julie, you and myself, Dizenshuex, www.daizex.com. You know it by now. So goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week for 0111. Dizenshuex, the podcast. Thanks for listening this week. See you next time. Like Wait, huh? on yeah, that's from, that's Alyssa in hair dye. And oh stuff. my god, I thought that was like dried up blood. I thought you were like bleeding no, profusely no, from your back. Hair dye. <laughs> my t-shirt. Okay. Mike, did you dye your hair funky colors? No, Mary had her hair dyed, and then I sat back on the chair and I got stuff all over this t-shirt. Oh, I'm oh sorry. okay. It's it's a t-shirt. Okay. It doesn't matter. I didn't know. Sorry, <laughs> I thought it was blood. <laughs> all right.